Welcome to Catching Alphas, the podcast for everything fishing. We are brought to you by ctfishguides.com, Connecticut's premier guide service. We are also brought to you today by farmingtonflies.com, your online fly shop specializing in custom flies that are guide tested and fish approved. Follow us on Instagram at at farmington underscore flies, at ctfishguides, and at catching alphas underscore podcast. We are on Facebook and Twitter as CT Fish Guides. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel, CT Fish Guides, for fly tying tutorials, knot tying, and fishing tips. guys so rob's a great guy um my early interactions with rob was he managed um basically the uh the place that my wife and i got married on the delaware river um so rob is just a super entertaining guy and extremely knowledgeable um, in fly fishing and really good teacher. And you're never going to have like a bad time on the river with them. And I send a lot of my clients who are looking to, um, kind of sharpen their, their dry fly skills. I send them to Rob and to the Delaware because it's the ultimate place. in in my opinion, to, to really hone your skills on, on dry fly. I mean, you can, you can go from there and go to other rivers. And if you can catch, catch fish on the Delaware on the surface, uh, it's not going to be too tricky on other rivers. And like on the Farmington, yeah, some the high quality fish, the educated fish, they can be difficult. But if you, if you go to the Delaware, a lot of them are like that, like basically all of them. Like, so, you know, it's a, it's a major advantage. You know, if you're going to, if you're going to practice or you want to get better, you're not going to go to what's easy. You want to go to what's hard because if you learn on what's hard, then you can go anywhere and you, you have to have real expectations. So mm-hmm. Rob. Yes. Tell me, tell, tell us a little bit just about yourself and fly fishing and what the Delaware river means to you and, and just why you love it so much. Well, I originally got into this just for the girls and the notoriety and the free beer. that went terribly awry so um no man i mean you know you set the bar high you know i i I did a natural matriculation i went from the croton system which i'm sure you're accustomed you know you know about then to the beaver kill system and then to the delaware system oh in between i may have lived in montana for a while but you know as i was a fly tire from the catskills so that was my trade i wasn't I wasn't competing with anybody, you know, Mm. and I always, you know, I was always afraid to go to the Delaware, to be honest with you. And Mm. then um, I made a jump and uh, put the boat in the water and I floated Sheehawk into Buckingham, which is probably the most technical piece of water you could ever possibly fish in this country. And then um, I got humbled there a lot of times, I mean, more times than not, but it taught me the river and 
you know, and and then I fished all over the country and lived all over the place just catching trout and realized, man, this is it. Mm. This is it. You know, wh where can I fish mayflies for the entire season, like exclusively? The only other place I ever lived or went that I could see that was fishing stoneflies in Montana. I mean, that's the primary food source, whether they're on top, you know, I mean, you can fish them year round on top. But man, there's something about that Delaware. Mm. And, you know, tying flies coming up, meeting everybody and, uh, you know, being on the river. For sure. So, you know, for, for people that are, or anglers that are looking to get out on the Delaware, maybe for their first time, what kind of, um, what kind of outfit, what kind of rod do you suggest that they use? All right. Well, I'm going to give it, you know, this is getting the deal, you know, the Orvis days, but I'll cut the learning curve out for you real simple. Look, you need a nine for five, a nine foot five inch. I mean, you can bring your noodle rods and your Euro sticks and all that. But this is big river. You got to be able to punch a 70 foot cast out there delicately. If you're fishing dries, you know, I mean, if you want to chuck and duck, that's a whole nother thing. But personally, I'm running all Scott rods and hatch reels with nine for fives, five mm -hmm. floating lines. I, I don't play the double taper game. You know, the other big misconception is, you know, and it was taught to me a long time ago in the Catskills. <laughs> the more not, you know, a chain is only as strong as its weakest link. So the more knots you have between your tippet and, you know, whatever size leader you're going to be using, no matter where you are, the less knots, the better. So mm -hmm. I like straight nine to five right out of the box and maybe throw on a piece of 5X. Eh, probably not, because now there's no knots in it. But there's mm -hmm. one knot, the loop knot that goes to the fly line. Mm. I eliminate all the, you know, the process, you know, can, should you use a 15 foot leader? No, I, I don't think so. I just think if you're stealthy enough and your presentation is what it's supposed to be, you know, you can make it happen. You know, I get very close to fish, you yeah. know, it's, and I don't know if this makes sense to a lot of people, but it's not what they want to eat. It's how they want to eat it. Now, now the bug is important, yes, when we were fishing sulfurs, and so, but you have any drag, any micro drag, any cross current, which the Delaware is famous for throwing at you around every foot, right. you're gonna have a problem. He's not gonna wanna eat it. He wants to see it the way he wants. I mean, and if you just sit there and watch that fish, he will give it up to you, you know? And those, those are the times that I'm there, you know? And uh, I've seen a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. So like you, you hit on a couple different things there and I'm sure we'll, we'll touch more on them. Over the board. <laughs> there's, well, there's, yeah, there's a lot there. I mean, you gave a lot of good information um, fairly quick, but yeah, I'm a big fan of, of hatch reels. I love those. Um, I know you and I are both hatch guys. Um, and as far as a, a rod, so you're, you're like nine for five, you yeah. know, in, are you looking for a fast action rod? Are you looking for a slower rod? Are you looking, what are well, you looking for in your, in your rods? And, and primarily talking dry fly right now, I know you throw, I, you know, big streamers like this time of year and come early spring, which we can talk about too, but what are you looking for in your rods? Well, you know, I, I and here's the thing too, Derek, don't forget this. I don't, I, one of my favorite rods and Paul Weimer taught me this long, long time ago, nine for sixes on the Delaware. Cause mm. back, we didn't have the kind of graphite we didn't have the kind of you know yeah. so far you know yeah the higher modulus right, right the modulus yeah. 
is incredible. And the tapers, you know, the tapers are still the same as the Catskill tapers. But, mm. you know, I, if I had to buy a rod for a walk waiting angler, I would say buy a nine for six. Yeah. Absolutely. I carry on my drift boat, I carry two nine for fives, two nine for sixes, and one or two seven, two sevens. Usually just one because I, when you're, if, if it's come to that during dry fly season, I'm not doing yeah. much. Yeah. You so, know? so, like streamer fishing, are you chucking seven weights? What seven are you? With two 20s. You okay. know, I, um, I'm not doing full sinks. I'll do like an intermediate. And I really like those ghost tips, those clear tips now. Yeah. You know, because I can, I can, and look, I'm using 20 fluoro straight, the new hatch uh, fluorocarbons. Yeah. And 20, 15 pounds straight because we got yeah. a lot of boulders up there. And if you're in a drift boat, especially, you yeah. know, you're going to get back around. And, you know, yeah. we all get lazy looking at knots. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah no, I hear you. I mean, that's, that's primarily, I mean, that's how you want to fish a, a, you know, a sink tip anyway. You don't want a lot yeah. of so I could see how that clear sink tip definitely comes into play, but it's just it, another three or four feet. It's not one of those old foot heads where you just got to you go, know, you got a gorilla launch it. So the Delaware is pretty low gradient. What I mean by that is there's not like quick mm -hmm. fluctuation um, depth change. Right, there's an elevation that drops right. depending on where. So I know through speaking to you in the past you've um we've talked about streamers and like up in massachusetts or connecticut you know i fish a lot of tungsten flies because it's not low gradient it's different and um you know i think i remember you saying that you fish a lot of like natural materials and, and flies that are lighter because your line's doing a lot of the work to get the flies down and probably because the flies just breathe really well because they're not sinking quick it looks natural Natural. You know, I, I was fortunate to be friends with Jack Garside for a long time. And, you know, and he talked about the natural undulation of things, you know, and that's what's key, because I, I believe that it's a trigger. The trigger is not the flash on a flyer that, or, or the big old stupid cone with realistic eyes. It's the movement. Right. There's an aspect of that fly that has to trigger, whether he's hungry, angry or horny. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> but he's going to go after it, right? Yeah, I mean, right. it's a matter of, you know, and, and like in the autumn, it's ironic that I love the autumn colors with my big streamers, but I do, you're right. I want them light up. You know, I've been experimenting a lot the last couple of years with a good friend of mine, Bob Popovic flies, the beast flies, mm -hmm. you know, and it just because believe it or not, they're really, really light. They're very, very sparse. Mm -hmm. And I use that sink tip to get the fly down, not to get it to the bottom, but, most streamer fishermen don't understand that when the fly hits so hard, it sinks to the bottom. The first strip is up. That's not what a natural bait fish does when it's scurrying. It goes to the bottom. It doesn't go to the top. I mean, these aren't Atlantic Bonita. You know what I mean? It's, mm -hmm. they go down. So you, you hit the fly hits the water. You let it, your first strip, the fly actually goes down. Mm. And then it comes up, and that's what bait does. It goes right for the rocks, right? Especially if it can, you know, and that's what I witnessed. And once I keyed in on that, so you, you can use a lighter, but when I say bigger fly, I mean bigger fly. Hold on. Yeah. There you so go. Ike flies. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I'm talking about. That's the kind of stuff that triggers, you know? Yep. Big bite, man. And and you would say that that's like you know I know like uh, early spring, do you throw like 
bigger patterns in early spring versus summer or not really you're when you go streamer you're pretty much going big all the time or not really i mean in the summer you're not really streamer fishing that much are you oh man i mean once those yeah. may, i'm gonna you know i fish the upper west branch almost exclusively now because right. one of the places is, is exclusively mayflies right like we have like three species of caddisflies and to me they don't count yeah but those big deep holes and those big upper bot, if you can get to them and you know where they're at, yeah. you know, they hold some just ridiculously large fish. For sure. I mean, so, you know, one thing that um, I think people will be in shock for in the first time, Delaware, density of the hatches, uh, <laughs> super prolific hatches compared to other rivers that you'll, you'll witness in the Northeast. And you're also going to see, you know, fairly regular, like brown trout up to 23 inches rising surface which is very rare on other rivers i mean i can tell you on my home river on the farmington um you might see that during the hendrickson's or the isos or maybe like an intense spinner fall and that's about it but that's a, a somewhat normal occurrence from day to day right rob like with your hat i mean dude i i, I don't even want to i mean i'm afraid yeah. of jinx and stuff all right but like we have three months of sulfurs yeah three months there right. is no place I know east of the Mississippi that does that. There right. is not a species of mayfly on the upper west branch and into the Midwest and the east that we don't cover. I, we're, missing, we're missing like the, the Michigan hex and we're missing like the uh, Californicus, uh, the, the stonefly. But we have our own salmon fly here. Uh, you're the, talking about the giant black stone flies in the same is, same family as the salmon fly, if I'm not mistaken. That, the the that's the Terranarsis, right? Narcissus, that's correct. Right. A giant black on the main stem. And look, right. like any any good fisherman, if you're gonna chase the bugs like I do, you know, if you look if you want to do it, be the purest thing and bring your bamboo rod out there with your wax silk lines, come on up. I mean, this is the place where you can literally like tarpon fishing, man. You're going to stand there and wait for a bad day. You're not going to know what a bad day is. But when mm -hmm. it's all on, man, and like the sulfurs, the plurus, the Hendrickson's are just ridiculous. I fish I fish red quills. I, I have blue quills. I don't fish mm -hmm. endos anymore. There's too mm -hmm. many of them. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to hit quiggly cripples and things that are knocked down and like sticky flies, you know. It, it, it's, it's a different – if you go out of tradition, like if you bring your beaver kill – glow and glore with you leave that stuff home man yeah that's that's that's, that's tumbling and i'm from that you know like like yeah. upright catskill upright divided wing stuff leave that back there leave that east yeah would you say that you know the best time to i mean really fool these fish is in the spring when like you know i don't, I don't know what you got to be more specific than that, Derek. Come so on. So, like, so, like, you got so dry flies. When you get parallels, parallels. Oh, they come before the red. They, they come before uh, the April. Right? You'll see the caddis first, and then you hit the parallel. So, like, I guess do the fish in early season are the fish easier to fool versus in the summer or late summer even or not even? That's a good question. Um, yes and no. Let me just let me clear that up. Yes, that they're looking for either the red quill or the blue quill or the hendo. Usually not the hendo because there's so many of them. Mm -hmm. But like in back braids, like I, I, I fish the blue quill clink hammer almost exclusively mm -hmm. in the right through the hendos. And they're, they're a pain in the neck to tie, man. They're the, I actually use the 
strips peacock quills. Got a lot. It's a three part mm. process, man. Yeah. But they eat the tar out of them. Yeah. They just, they just suck them down, man. You can't, yeah. you can't knock it. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, oh, you want to play with your, you know, it's the, it, it's, it's the, in the film, the Maga Mook flies, the, you know, you hear the stories about it. It's kind of like, we don't fish caddis up where I am. Mm. I don't need to, you know, because I, I mean, the main stem, you can fish a gazillion different species of caddis. I'm a may, uh, up in the upper West and the upper East. We're mayflies. Mm. Big, beautiful high wing duns, man. Mm. Wee boy. Oh yeah. And obviously we're, you know, up, up in the uh, upper West and stuff like that. I mean, you guys are fishing, solid all year round where versus like the main stem it gets hot yeah oh absolutely fish yeah, 40, I, you know upper west branches you know the average temperature is about 42 to 47 mm -hmm. i've had clients actually wet wade and get hypothermia in past mm -hmm. years because they think it's you know it's 78 degrees out but the water is is ripped the dam is right up the road i put in i have a private boat launch and i put in about a mile not even from the top of the dam. So no matter what happens, that water's ice cold and it's ripping. That's why the sulfurs are there for so long. Right. You know, and same with the east branch. If the flows are correct, man, you'll crush it. The thing about the, as you get to the east of the Catskills, because I'm in, the, I'm in the, the extremity of the west side of it, is that like the, the, the hatches aren't as long. Like on the beaver kilt, you know, your Hendrickson's are two weeks. You know, you got pre-Hendrickson's two weeks and then post-Hendrickson, if you want to call it that. Mm -hmm. You know, you have like March Browns are about a week and a half, two weeks. On it. Whereas, you know, we get Hendrix, we get March Browns pretty much May through the end to, to snows. Mm. We get these oh. months Mayfly. Yeah. yeah. I may have drank too many beers. <laughs> That's good. Um, so let's talk about like how important casting is. So like fly fly uh, selection versus um, versus having the proper drift and just something that I've noticed on the Delaware. A lot of times I find some really um, larger fish positioned in some places that are just like, they know like how hard it is to get above there. Like, you know, off a cut bank with an overhanging tree and with some long grass hanging on the water and they're le literally hitting the bugs that are coming right off the, the grass and they let everything else go. So you, better how, not, you better not tell your clients you're asking this question. <laughs> so how, how important is fly selection versus being, you know, drift and being able to drop a fly on a pin? Listen, if you have the perfect fly selection and you can drop the perfect leader on the perfect pin, yes, life is grand. Right. But that's not the reality of things. Right. If I have to, if I have to choose, um, I'm going with presentation. I'm going with cast. I'm not going so, cause I mean, as much as, you know, I hate to say this, but you can get away with the usual if it's, if, if it's the way they want to eat it. Like you said, against that read on the undercut bank, only swinging two inches. And like a guy like me or a guy, I mean, I, 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 you know, yeah. I'm looking at that. I can see it out of the corner of my eye. And it's the subtlest. It's like a, a dent in the meniscus. Right. You no, know, I, I can see this. And I'm not telling anybody this. And I'm just like, if you can put this right, 
I'm not so worried about the fly. I'm worried more about the presentation. Right. Everything has to be mended. You know, mm. everything has to be. Some guys like the 15 foot leaders that snake and they like this. And I like a straight line, mm -hmm. you know, because it, it happens that fast. Sometimes you just, you don't even see it. Yeah. And, sometimes. and I've been doing this my whole life. Right. And um, something that you, well, there's two good points there, but um, since we're talking drift, how do you set up on these fish? You know, obviously things might be a little somewhat different from a boat versus waiting, but um, no, not really. You, do you, really. do you try to show like fly first when you're presenting? Like Absolutely. every time, no, 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 no. From, from Idaho to Seattle, to Washington, to the, to, 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 to Louisiana, to Florida, to you name it. Yeah. You show fly first. Right. Always. Right. Gorilla mended. We right. call it gorilla mending. Yep. Or as, as guides say, mend, 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 mend. Right. Hey, don't mend. Right. I mean, you and gotta, when you say mend, you're pretty. You've got to go first, man. When you, when you, you, when you say mend, Rob, just to clarify for people. So they, you're like a feed, like you're feeding the fly downstream so you get no drag, right? You you want a, what I like to say, you know, Rich Hudgens, guide Rich, a dear friend of mine, you want a little squiggly and then you want a bow behind it going you want to fly first. If you can physically look, and no matter what direction the river is going, mm. the boat, the fly has to be in front of everything. The leader, right? Yeah, the yep. juke, as I call it, right? It's right. got, it's got, it's got to be in the front. It's, it just has to be. Otherwise, right. you're going to get micro drag, comical drag, angler drag, wind drag, mm. over men drag. You know, we do a, a technique up on the Delaware, you know, where you overshoot by 10 feet and mm -hmm. then you pull back and then drop down. And then a guide rich always, and, and you give it the old wiggle, 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 winky, yeah. winky. And that's yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, presentation is everything. And, 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 you know, if you can present the fly correctly, you know, in almost any situation, I think, mm -hmm. the outcome is going to be epic. Right. Know? And, and this this is coming from a guy who develops flies and has, you know, developed patterns. Yeah, I mean, I, that's 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 primarily how I got into this, you know, was, yeah. I, was with fly, I designed a, a couple catalogs of flies. Yeah. You know, for a, a major... So, so just a lot of people are, are tying right now. So I just Ooh. want to uh, plug this real quick. So, like, um, on Amazon, you can watch um, a film. It's called Land of Little Rivers. And uh, Rob is, is one of the stars in that. There's a bunch of other good guys in there. Marty the Park. Oh, a bunch of, bunch of other, other. It's a lifestyle movie, man, but it's not one of those hardcore things. It's got a lot of tradition. It's narrated by Bruce Concourse, who's a dear friend who owns Thruway Sporting Goods. Rachel Finn's in it. I'm in it. Ben Rinker's in it. Um, I mean, there's just a ton of cats. Riley Lake Scooter McAnderson's in it. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, everybody. We went to Sugar Shack. You know, it's a usual season up there. I mean, Derek, can you know you've been up there? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah dude. For sure. Style thing, man. So. So one one thing that you mentioned, getting back to our presentation, and but one thing that we were talking about, like where fish lie and so forth, and one thing you said is that you know these fish take you know, because you said a dent in the meniscus. These fish take incredibly subtle, especially the good fish. 
Yeah, it, yeah. You really have to have a trained eye to be able to see it and to be able to see yeah. it far away, right? Yeah. I mean, there's hunters who can see deer a million miles away and there's hunters who can't see them underneath the stands. Right. It's the same thing, you know. I, I, you know, the first day on the flats bone fishing, you don't see a single fish. The next day you see every single one of them. Right. You got to, you know, and you can't learn that from success. That's the problem. It'd be you, easy to watch it on YouTube, man. Yeah. You get there. Oh, yeah. You know, and then you go, and go, son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. And then it's like, yeah, no, it, you got to, you got to, you got to, you got to put the time in, man. Yeah. So let's say, you know, it's somebody's, um, it's their first trip and they, they find a good fish feeding. You know, one thing that I find me personally, and I'm primarily weighed, I do do drift boat, but primarily weighed, that people have a tendency to want it, to cast too much. They see a fish posted up, and I'm just curious to get your take on this, because I'm always, you know, I'll post up, and I like to see the fish um, take a natural, gain a little confidence before I just go bombing something over its head. And then if it, if, if I, I feel like I got a good drift or, you know, I don't want to put the fish down, right? I want to rest it. So well, your advice to somebody. That, right, first, my to, first advice would be to have a cold beer. And I cross yeah. my arms like an angler does in the Delaware. Because a real angler in the Delaware, you could spot a mile away. Their arms are crossed and they ain't casting. <laughs> okay. That's right. how I know how to take you seriously and get around you. Right. Not in front of you. All right. Number right. two, watch the big Lebowski before you go out, before so you leave your trip to the Delaware, just to mellow it all out, dude. You know what I'm saying? Take it down. Yeah. You're not looking for all of the fish. You're looking for one fish. Right. Quarter up, quarter down. I hate to say this as much as I want to sell this place, but down if you if you see size 14s, Throw a 16. Pull the wing off of it. Mangle the hackle. Take out the usual you bought up in uh, Wilmington. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Get it to him the right way he wants it. He will eat it if it's given to him the right way. Mm -hmm. And quarter down, quarter up. The problem with these big fish is that when you set the hook on two angle down, they just, they just turn sideways like a duck in the wind. And if they're up, they just turn the bank towards the bank and they crack the, it's just, you're done. Yeah. So yeah. I know I'm not answering any of your questions. You, no, oh, you are. You <laughs> totally are. Um, do you find that fish on the Delaware, like once they eat, do they spit dry flies pretty easy or not as much? Not so much. Like you get them to eat, like you said. Well, we uh, get them to nose. They, they lean, they nose, they sniff. When it, you know, it, yeah. Well, their gills flare, you know? I mean, you, you can physically see their gills flare that gin. Remember, I'm fishing in 43-degree water in July or August, mm. and these are all wild fish. So their gills flare, and they come up, and you, I mean, you're watching them. I mean, they're literally just sitting there, just going, whoop, whoop. I mean, it's you see it. You know, mm -hmm. there's no mm -hmm. doubt about it. And that's how I learned that, I mean, and I had to look it up, but the denting the meniscus. Mm -hmm. Because they don't need to come in their heads out of the water. They don't need to bring their top, their, their mouth over the water. They just, they just open their mouths up and it, it goes right in. Toilet bowl flush right down there. Yeah. <laughs> like a toilet bowl. There you go. Yeah. You said it, I didn't. 
Um, so something you mentioned backing up a bit too about uh, when we were talking about rods, you were talking about leaders and having a bunch of knots. You know, there's more points of failure, I think, yeah. was getting at. And I can remember, you know, on larger water, I would tend to go with a longer leader, 16, 18 feet. But, you know, on the Farmington, I would fish a 12-footer to a 14-footer, you know, much more commonly because the pools there weren't that big. But I can remember I was out with Mark, my buddy Mark. You remember him. Yeah. <laughs> Hook set, Mark. Yeah. Um, you know, you guys had a good discussion about leaders. And just kind of give people your go at of what you think of leaders and why you think that way just real quick. Cause it's interesting. All right. Well, if you're on the, if you're in a drift boat and you're waiting, there are two different setups. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you're in a drift boat, you're going to be, it's like being in a tree stand as opposed to ground hunting to me, at least mm -hmm. I, I use that analogy a lot. I'm using nine for fives hot out of the box. As we say, mm -hmm. I get a hundred pack and nine foot five X leaders. And my first flies on all my rods are straight. No knots just to the fly mm. so that I don't want to lose my first fish. You know what I'm saying? I don't care mm. what it is. Mm. Um, as for the walk waiting angler. Now, most people would want to go with a 10 foot rod, 11 foot rod, but you're going to lose the backbone just mm. to make a cast. Mm -hmm. You know, Indians were terrible hunter or terrible shots, but they were able to get on top of their prey on top of their quarry. You need to be stealthier. You need to get closer. You don't need a 20. I've seen people up there with these 20-foot leaders. That's mm. ridiculous. Mm. With a million knots, it's like a Christmas tree lights. No, if you can get away with no knots, that's the way. If you could buy a 15-foot 5X leader, hell, sign me up. Mm. You know, at, at a reasonable price, of course. But mm. uh, I like the 9 for 5s. Even when I'm bouncing around, Mm. They're simple because I can always drop 5X off of it. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't like 6X unless, right. unless yeah. I know the middle name. <laughs> yeah, that's. I remember you saying uh, no. can't cash your checks with, with... Can't cash your checks with 6X. And it's totally true. I mean, not that you can't land a few good fish on 6X. You can, but you do it too with the teeth. You know, well, like all it takes... Is... Fish. I mean, can you imagine the stress on that? Yeah. I mean, at least in, what is it, a calf roping? You got to get three legs? You know what I mean? Like, that stress on that 6X and that fit, that poor fish, the, mm. the, the toxic and, the, and the, all those acids. No, come on, man. Yeah. You know, five, I, you, I have friends up on the Delaware fish 5X or 4X, dry mm. flies. Mm. And there's times you get away with it. Now, you know, if you have to go to 6X, then you need to really start thinking about, um, what you're doing wrong, not what yeah. you're doing right. And yeah. I'm not saying uh, this is my river I'm talking about. I'm not talking about other places. Like the Croton was 6, 7, and 8X when I grew up. Right. Like hair stuff. I and mean, that's just the way it was. Right. It's the big river. So you got it. When you, what happens when you hook a 26 inch brown trout on a dry fly? And yeah. it's on 5X or 6X. And it, and it, yeah, and it has room to run, you know. I'm the guide going, we ain't getting paid today. Yeah. <laughs> we ain't getting paid today. <laughs> And when you, so when you add tippet, Rob, and this may be um, a simple question, but are you adding fluorocarbon? Are you adding like nylon tippet? What kind of tippet are you using on the Delaware when you add? Well, you know, 
here's my thing, and I've been around this industry a long, long time. You know, um, mm. I use fluorocarbon for streamers and nymphs. I use standard nylon mino, mono slash mono on dry flies, mm. and, and and it's only because I'm like, you know, I'm this is my 37th year, man. Mm. You know, I mean, I've just narrowed it down to I like the stretch. Mm. You know, yeah, of the of the dry of of the mono slash nylon, and I like the abrasion resistance and the touch. Believe mm. it or not, it's a weird thing to say. You know, on you know one X friggin' fluorocarbon. Excuse me. You mm. know, but mm. I can feel everything because it's almost like a, I mean, I love you know fifteen twenty pound fluorocarbon on a streamer rod. Mm. that way you can feel every rock you can feel every thump every i mean it just rips you throw it in a tree doesn't matter you tear the tree out you know <laughs> yeah there's Whereas very mono, you got to be a little bit more delicate Come yeah there's a little more there's a little, nice in the beginning a little, more, a little more stretch in mono fluorocarbons you know much tighter so um so we we're gonna take questions in a little while here okay i don't is there anything else that wanted to talk about rob or anything in general yep. movie delaware river or your diet uh, little rivers i'm a feature guy you'll dig it uh i want to give a, a a shout out to uh casey lewis to uh scott rods hatch reels thanks guys for encouraging my behavior um they sent me new shirts derek i'll send you one <laughs> um and uh and derek thanks for having me on man yeah, let's, let's see. Let's see what what uh, what questions people have here. So, guys, now if you have any questions for Rob, now's the time. So fire away, and um, we'll field a few of those, and then we'll get Matt back on here. And so we'll let some of those. Now's a good time to have a sip of alcohol while these while while these questions hey, come. Hey, can I grab a beer? Yeah, man, do it, do it, because give people a chance to ask their questions here. Um, I'll be at it. Uh, this is a farm question, so I'll answer this one real quick. Quick. Um, I was thinking of going out to the farm this weekend and throwing. So, Rob, I'm just answering a um a quick Farmington question. Um, mixture of di dirty strippers and nymphs. You think it's worth going? Um, it's like cocaine and hookers. Anytime, and anytime you can get out is a good time, but you're going to have a lot of snow melt this weekend, which is going to be a negative spike, and it's going to make the fishing tough. But whatever, man, you know, go for it. And I think you have the right right game plan there. Um, I think the entomology may be a little shocked because of the negative spike, so you might have something with the with the little uh, jig streamers. I think that that would probably be a good way to go. And you're going to have some rain. And I can tell you anytime any precip precipitation rolls in, especially snow, um, those little dirty strippers work good. So I think you got a good game plan. I wish you the best, but it's it's not going to be easy. It's going to be a grind. John EBC, where's Marty? I don't know. Is Marty Marty the party? Did he chime in here or what? Is he on? Hey, where is Marty? I don't know. You know, you never know about that kid. <laughs> How can we get in touch with Rob? That's a good question. Rob, how can people get in touch with you? Just dial one on the phone. Goes right to my right to my cell phone. <laughs> now they get me at a Stonefly eight twenty one at Gmail. 
That's his email. Uh, and you got um I know you, you have you like go have, you can go through have his website, you can go through Scott's website. Yeah. Um you can call Connecticut guys, you email them. I know a guy Derek Patrick. He'll hook you up. And um, then you have uh well you have your Instagram account. Yeah, I have an Instagram account, Riley the Riley the Party, yeah, they, they yeah. Crazy Riley. Well, Riley Lake's on your list right now. He's probably watching. There you go. Yeah. Uh, apprentices. Jim Ellis. My I'm question. Happy Jim Ellis. Yeah. Favorite Iron Maiden song. Oh, Captain Jim. Oh, Big Jim. Oh. I'm going to say I listened to Prisoner today again. I like the old Clive Burr stuff. You know, um... I also can I play with madness? I just downloaded. I forgot how good that tune is, and um, and there's another one I just I forgot about. Uh, Infinite Dreams. There you go, Jim. <laughs> um, so Slim Cut James is asking, how close should you get to these Delaware fish fishing dries? Close as you can without spooking them. I'd start in Pennsylvania. <laughs> Um, it's, it's not so much how close can you get, it's, you know, how stealthy can you be? Are you walking around? In a drift boat, you kind of just, you know, you chill, you look down, you, you, you size it up. When you commit going down that path and going through the sage or the brush, and you get down to the bottom, you, you, the first thing you got to do on the D is everything else but fish. Mm. Literally, where's your, where's your cane? Where's your walker? Where's your... Whatever it is you need, where's your boxes? Because you, inevitably, because once it starts and you're sitting on that rock and go, oh, oh, I get it. I'm watching these wings come up and they're sucking them in. And I have the fly. You don't want to leave them back at the, you know, you got to be ready. Mm -hmm. So preparation is, yeah. is really important. Yeah. Uh, tips to not look like a newbie goon first time on the Delaware. Okay. Asking for a friend. Fake outdoors. Um, how to not look like a goon in the Delaware. Uh, um, don't... How not to be a goon in the Delaware. Don't say you're from New Jersey. <laughs> no, just joking. No, just joke. Ah, uh, don't be a goon in the Delaware. Don't jump up in people's junk. Don't... Yeah. don't you see a bunch of guys there, I mean, unless you know them, why would you want to be up in their junk? Yeah. Leave them alone. Go the other way. Whatever, whatever you – I grew up, you know, on the Catskill Rivers where, you know, equal distance between guys in crowded holes, like Carnes Pool, mm -hmm. Wagon Tracks, Red mm -hmm. Rose. You go down at 5 o'clock at night, and I saw some pretty famous, you know, guys that influenced the industry – but there was always a common rule of distance between anglers. If the guy upriver was 100 yards – and, you, and 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 you, there was another guy. You went a hundred yards below the other guy, so you, it spreads itself naturally out. And the more people that came, of course, the distance got closed. And mm. cats like me got muscle. But give yourself some room. Don't don't you know, don't be a knucklehead. Another another valid thing I think too is on the Delaware. You have to understand that hey, there's a lot of guides. There's a lot of drift boats. And as a wade angler, you need to understand that. If you're going to work a section of river and there's no out for a drift boat to get around you, yeah, be upset if they blow right through the water that you're targeting because 
you know, there's a lot of occasions where you're coming through a tight squeeze or something and there's strong current and there's no way to get, get behind where you're fishing to not but, spook fish. So I, I didn't spend $17,000 on my drip boat to hang out with you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, man? Like, yeah. I, didn't, I don't want to be, if I see you around the bend, I want to get as far away. My client is not paying me to be 10 feet to come around the bend to see you there. Right. I'm sorry about that. Let me just sneak behind you. Let me sneak out. Of you. You're not going to affect the fish with a drift boat. You're moving too fast. Yeah. Trust and, they see, and they see drift boats all. All the time. time. All the time. But, but I'm not there to hang out. I, I don't pull into uh, the game lands on a Saturday afternoon at 11 o'clock in the morning and anchor up in the middle. You know what I mean? I just don't do that. Yeah. I, I bought my drift boat out and I'm a river guide because I know other places where you where the others can't get to. And right. I know slides and I know what, you know, and that's how people, they forget about, it. they see all the cars parked there and they jump right in. Mm. And that's really not the way you fish the Delaware. That's the most unproductive way to do it. For sure. Grannies, man. It's the new yeah. like an English muffin. Oh man. And, and I don't know if this is accurate. It's your river. So you know more than me, but for the amount of experience I've had on it, you know, I'm looking to some of the tucked away places that don't receive a lot of traffic, that all the drift boats are, are it's tucked away in the corner and they're not, they're not going there. They're just going right down the highway, blowing by it. There's nobody waiting over there. And yeah, you need, you need good activity for the fish to come to the surface. And they're tiny, tiny little rises that almost look like chubs eating on, on the surface. But then, you know. Derek, well, I'll, I'll tell a funny story about you. How about that? Oh, boy. So okay. down on the top, I have a long day at the Dreamcatcher, and I come around the bend, and I remember seeing you, and I said, son of a bitch, I'm not going to make any money tonight. Why is this guy in my spot? <laughs> and that's why we're such good friends. Yeah, man. Because you had it figured out. I don't even know if you knew it, but you were up on just below the Gentleman's Club just in between the Dreamcatcher property and the public, you had found that nook in the back that I had fished. Mm. And I, I remember, I, me and, I think it was Marty was with me, Marty mm. the party. And mm. we came around the bed and both me and Marty went, son of a bitch, Derek's mm. here. <laughs> Gig was up. That's when, that's when you had my undivided attention. But that's, I hope that's the answer to your question. Cool, man. Um, Alyssa, can you explain the wiggle technique? <laughs> wiggle, 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 wiggle. <laughs> it's feeding line, man. It's feeding line. You got to wiggle it out. <laughs> out of the rod tip. Get it out of the rod tip so you're not dragging the fly. Absolutely. You got to stack and jack. You just stack it up, man, like pancakes on a plate. Yeah. And it's going to naturally just unsnake itself. It's a yeah. matter of the timing, the weight. And that's why, once again, getting back to the nine for five liter, a lot easier to control than a 12, 15 foot liter, especially if it has knots in it. You know what I mean? Like three pieces of tippet. If you can get a 15, the, the trout hunter used to make 15 foot liters. One piece, those were gold. Mm. Gold. And, you know, and, and like I always said, Derek, you know, you get, I'm just here to stick it in the mouth. <laughs> The fly. That's my boy. Fly in the mouth. 
<laughs> um, KRW Fishing. Heard you mention the Croton. Best memory fish out of there, fishing at Sunday. Uh, 22-inch brook trout with a climb on the west upper west branch of the uh, Croton uh, off of Butlerville Road. I have a picture of it. A yeah. wild brook trout. That's insane. 21, 22 inches, somewhere in there. Uh, the fishing mortician, Anthony Grieg, took the picture for me. And it made the papers and it made the New York Times. Uh, biggest fish I got back from Montana in the Croton. I caught a 25 inch. I lived in Montana for a year, came back and caught two 24 inch brown trout wild fish in the upper east branch of the Croton. Wow. Uh, east branch, Croton. Amawak's a sleeper. Always fish the Amawak. Always fish the Cross River. Cross River is a smaller river all the way up the top of it. It's still open. And the east branch is really overrun. But my God, there's a lot of fish in there. Mm hmm. It's got 12 tailwaters within a 25-mile radius, Derek. And they're all small, small, and these fish come out of these 125-foot reservoirs, man. They come up there to eat, mm. have fun with the ladies. There you go. There you go. Downstream, downrange, we will, or I will be spending a lot of time down in the Catskills this summer. Any very general starting, uh, starting point for being a wade fisherman? Yes. Willowy Mock. Always, always the willowy mock. The willowy mock is one of the most forgiving. It's 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 my epitome of a Catskill dry fly a river. You, it, it, it's short, sweet, quick, big, long. It's got the willow coming in. You can go any. You, I used to guide on a on walk wading, and I would do four spots in the morning and be in Roscoe because I went east to the. We'd start on the willowy mock, which is east. I would do four spots and get back to Roscoe, go to the Roscoe Diner for breakfast or, or lunch, and then do the either the upper, upper beaver kill where it meets the East Branch, which is west, or work my way back towards Roscoe. So I'm, I was based out of the Baxter House in Roscoe. So I would do half my mornings on the Willow, and once their game was tight, we'd go for the evening hatches on the, beaver, the famed beaver kill. I would absolutely say the Willow Weemock, Put your time in there, and that's the gateway. That's the first steps to the to the Delaware system. Mm. Good, good tip. That's cool. Um, what beer should I bring for the drift boat, and does it depend on the hatch? Well, yes, it actually does. That's a good question. Uh, lots and lots of Heinekens, but we have plenty of them on their boat. And um, uh, – I'm looking forward to the first 100 beer float. Mm. You ever do one of those, Derek? <laughs> You'll be divorced in a week. <laughs> What's your best advice for someone pretty much brand new to this? I know it will take years to be great, but in the meantime, I want to catch some pretty fish from Lauren. Like I said, I started the Willow, the Esopus, which is east, northeast, um, and the Catskill. If you look at the Catskill Mountain Range, like I'm up on the northwestern side of it, whereas the Beaverkill, Willow, Esopus, Never Sink, all those rivers are kind of like on the eastern, southeastern as they're matriculating the way, you know, coming up. Mm -hmm. I would start with the small creeks, man, because the bugs are, I mean, remember we were talking about this, you know, Find the water, find the bugs. Find right. the bugs, find the fish. Right. 
the you know e pluris plurialis the blue quills all those they all come off in these mountain streams in mid april snow or no snow yeah you know? and yeah. so for for somebody that's fairly new i mean those are good places to look um you know for trout and good starter places to start out um as far as like honing your skills and stuff i mean you know you want to practice before you're out on the water so that, that comes down to not tying know all your knots and practice mm -hmm. in front of the tv you don't want to be frustrated when you're out on the river and practice fly casting um out in a yard if you're going to be a wade for fisherman try casting from your knees so your your casting window is squeezed and it really with um dry fly fishing you know rob mentioned earlier showing the fly first and not leader first has a lot to do with the cast and the setup of your cast Absolutely. So you want to be able to drop that fly in a small area set targets out on the grass go out when it's a little windy and practice you know and, Derek, like, let me cut you up there's a great point that you brought up here mm -hmm. especially with the knots because i see this every day on my job one knot Mm -hmm. One, I know you know the overhand loop shenigle. I know you know the quagmire. I know you know the, the listen to me. I've been using the simple cinch, you know, eight times through the eye, eight times around, moisten it, cinch it. These guys get on my boat, they're showing me huff nagels and stuff. No, no. Pick one knot, stick with it. It works. Mm -hmm. Number two, absolutely. You don't cast fly line on grass. It's not about the line. It's about the movement. It's about the rod. Let me ask you, when you're in your garage practicing your golf swing, do you hit golf balls? Right. No. You can go through the window. You're actually, yeah, your wife would get it. <laughs> no, but you would swing the club, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it's about the movement of the – you can feel the torque, the movement, the whip. Whether you're two-handed casting or you've got a nine-foot-three in your garage, you can feel the – make the rod bend. That's what it does. Don't push through it. Make it bend. Mm. That's the tools. But you have to practice. All right. So we got a bunch of more questions here. Um, we're going to try to rip through them pretty quick. We may get cut off here. Rob, this could end abruptly because Instagram gives you an hour, but they've been giving me more than an hour. So I'm going snook fishing. There you go. There you go. How are Ross reels, Rob? Heard you know a thing or two. Hell of real. pounds with the with the. Yeah. Jeff Patterson runs that company. He runs. He runs Able too. Good friend of my dear friend. Go way <laughs> back. Hell of a real. They just like they don't. For me, in a guide situation, they don't take a beating. Like, mm. you can't fall over rocks. You can't drop them in drift boats, like, right. every single day. Yeah. So, I mean, are they – I mean – I like I like the ball-bearing assist with them. That's nice. Yeah, I do. I like that with those reels. But well, I like we, the lightness of them. I really like that, that their weight. Mm -hmm. Now you're casting the rock. I mean, I'm a hatch guy, but, I mean, look, I pound on my stuff, man. I'm a gorilla. Yeah, I'm, we'll use it all, too. And we yeah, got, I drop we got, them. Yeah. We've got good things and negative things to say about yeah. a bunch of different things. Ross is a hell of a reel. Yeah. But I've, always been, I've always wanted a Cimarron. Yeah. Yeah. But great um, Call Jeff Patterson. Tell him that Rob Lewis said hello. He's one of my boys. 
Slim Cut James, what do you think of the Esopus? One of my favorite rivers to fish. Um, it's got one of the craziest wild rainbow populations you will ever know about. Any riffle water, you could throw dry flies in. It's the epitome of a Catskill tumbling white water. Where most people would throw nymphs into the whitewash, you can throw dry flies and they will eat them. The mm -hmm. thing is that three to five, I, I, I always found that it was three to five year cycle in that river, meaning for the first year you would catch all six inch fish, second year, 10 inch fish, third year, 12 inch fish, and then the next year, six inch fish. It's a true wild Catskill River. Absolutely. It's, very, it's, it's one of the most beautiful, and from all the way down to Twin Arch Bridges, all the way up to Big Indian. I mean, it's just incredible. I had Dave Erkinger down here in Florida, one of my buddies. He lives on it, pretty much lives on it. And it's just, it's his home water. It's one of those beautiful cat. And in the autumn and the spring, it's incredible. Incredible. Um, so this is Lee uh, Grainer. When he takes and you miss, but he still rises, do you switch it up or force feed him the fly he took? Force him to fly. Stick it in the mouth. There you go. He'll eat it. He just didn't like the way you gave it. Trust me. If he came up that, if he sniffed it. <laughs> no, no, no doesn't mean no, except for the third time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Three passes, baby. Three passes. <laughs> Sipping rises. Camped at Oxbow a couple times on the East Branch last yep. year. Was yep. slow. Oh, excuse me. Was so low, I tried to camp on the West Branch but no luck finding a site on the West Branch. Any no. camp on the West? Nothing. There's no camping on the West. It's all private. Cool. Uh, I think that might be it. I want to thank you for encouraging my behavior. Yeah, man. I hope I answered some questions, and I know I had a good time. Yeah. No, Rob, thanks. Thanks for coming on here, man. We we appreciate it. Um, love you guys. Great you job, Eric. Anything I can do to help my friend? You, you're a dear friend Never. of mine. Give Megan and the kids my best, and get down Never. here. But I'm, you know, I'm chasing tarpon and snook tomorrow. Well, I can't wait to to get on the Delaware myself. Come come the summer, man. Get the whole family down there. So, um, yeah. Thanks thanks for coming on, guys. We'll have Rob on again. Um, if you have many any any questions we didn't answer um you can hit us up through dm or direct messaging either rob or i um if you you know you're looking for a trip with rob you can contact him through his instagram account um you can certainly message me if you can't find him and i can point you in the right direction land a little rivers watch the movie it's awesome yeah land a little rivers it's awesome awesome flick to uh sit down, have a drink and tie some flies. So, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to boot Rob here and then I'm gonna cool, man. Here, and we are going to see you, see you Rob. I'm going to kill you, kill you off here, dude. Take it easy, brother.